Should Eli Drinkwitz consider giving up play calling during the 2022 football season? Plus, Kobe Brown has a huge record-breaking night against Paul Quinn College. And what is Conzo Martin's legacy at Mizzou ultimately going to be? And frankly, does it matter? Well, all this and more right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you for making this show your first listen each and every podcast day. And also, got to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. And I have to admit, a little something has popped up into my mind the last few days as I'm thinking about Missouri football, as I often do. And I was thinking about how Missouri structured its offense during the 2020 campaign versus the 2021 season, Eli Drinkwitz's first two seasons as a Tiger. And, well, quite honestly, there wasn't a huge difference, was there? Despite the fact that, for instance, Larry Roundtree and Tyler Beatty, I'd say, were very different type running backs, well, the Missouri running game didn't look a whole lot different the last couple years. And for as much as I overall think Eli Drinkwitz is a really good play caller, designer of an offense, I have to say the more I've been thinking about it the last few days, his offense was a little bit stagnant this year. And not only between 2020 and 2021, but also just week to week at times, it felt like some of the just same looks we've seen over and over again. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of effective plays, especially in the red zone this season for the Tigers. They did a really good job there for the most part. Well, at least until the last couple weeks, maybe. But I think the amount of times, for instance, that we saw Drinkwitz call a flea flicker the last two seasons. The amount of times that we saw the sort of inside shovel pass to Nico Hay. Effective plays, I'll grant you that. But at a certain point, you wonder, hmm, what other tricks are left in the bag. And again, back to the running back situation, a lot of just outside zone stretch plays the first two years this season, you know, which is all well and good. And Missouri's been an effective running team the last two years, so I can't complain. Again, this is just actually sparking some conversations in my own head. That might make me sound like an insane person. I'm having conversations with myself. But this is kind of what I do. I'm a trader in the stock market, and I'm constantly saying, okay, even if I like a stock, what would the person who has an opposite opinion say? Because they're always, with every trade, there's a bull side and a bear side. There's a, a there's somebody who's buying the stock and somebody who's selling it in the same amount and at the same price by definition. So by definition, there's an other side of the trade. Well, what's the other side of the trade on Eli Drinkwitz being the play caller? To me, it's really less about Eli's abilities, and it's more about time, quite simply. Because obviously, Eli is the head coach of this football team, and so far, his biggest strength 
is to me quite obvious. It's his ability to recruit and at the very least to get a staff of assistants who are really good at recruiting as well. But it really does seem to me that Drinkwitz is the spearhead of this whole recruiting operation. And when you see during the season Drinkwitz tweeting out on Friday nights during the college football season, you see him driving all over the state, flying all over the country on occasion to see guys play football. Well, this is all great for for recruiting guys in the future. But the reality is Drinkwitz is a a family man with four young daughters at home. He has a he has to carve out some time for them as well. At a certain point, you run out of hours in the day to stare at film and analyze exactly what your beaters are going to be, for instance, on third and one. What, what am I going to do specifically against Florida this week or Texas A&M the next week? Whoever the opponent might be, that stuff takes a tremendous amount of time. And it's kind of boring work for most people. Not everybody is willing to do that kind and that level of homework. And I'm not saying Drinkwitz isn't willing to do it. What I'm saying is I don't know that he has time to do Everything that it takes to to do what I've just described in terms of game planning offensively. See, it's not just it's not really about play calling on game day. I'm not so much worried about Drinkwitz game day instincts. Again, it's more about the ability to do everything required of him off the field, especially in terms of recruiting, and the ability to strategize offensively too. You just have to wonder how realistic that is. Now, in the NFL, it doesn't seem to be a huge problem, right? There's plenty of examples of successes doing it. There's Sean Payton. There's Andy Reid. There's Kyle Shanahan. Sean McVay. You know, every single one of those guys I just named off has at least appeared in a Super Bowl. Most of them, three of, I believe two of the three have won a Super Bowl. Or excuse me, two of the four have won a Super Bowl. Matt LaFleur with the Packers now. He, he calls the plays for Aaron Rodgers. But at the college level, it's a little bit different, right? It's less common, although maybe not as uncommon as I initially thought. You know, Lincoln Riley calls his own plays. Jimbo Fisher calls plays. Dan Mullen called his own plays at Florida. But again, perhaps Dan Mullen's recruiting suffered a little bit. Perhaps his attention to detail on defense suffered a little bit. And I'm also not sure how much time Jimbo Fisher really spends actually on the recruiting trail, on the actual road and in the air, trying to talk to high school kids anymore. I'm really not. That's something clearly Eli Drinkwitz is doing on a regular basis. So I just, my point is, not every situation is the same. Mike Leach's responsibilities are not the same as Eli Drinkwitz. So I guess my ultimate point here is I'm not going to have a conclusion here. I'm not going to say, yes, Eli should do it. Yes, Eli should not do it. But if I'm him, I think you have to take an honest look in the mirror and say, do I have time to do all of this? Because at a certain point, Barry Odom was calling the plays on defense and he figured out, you know what? Actually, I'm better off taking a step back here, and I think the team was probably better off for it, at least marginally, right? So anyway, Eli, take an honest assessment. Always be evaluating everything in your program, and I think that's one thing to definitely think about. 
But speaking of something to think about, hey, when was the last time a Missouri rebounder got over 20 boards in a basketball game? I thought maybe Arthur Johnson got there, but no, it's been even farther back than that until Kobe Brown did it last night. So an exciting statistical line for him, and maybe not the most exciting game in the world, but some adjustments excuse me, made by Conzo Martin. So let's talk a little bit of hoops coming up next. But first, I want to tell you about NetSuite. And use your imagination here, folks. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, oh no, your hat, it falls over your eyes. This is how you're running your business. Well, poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle with visibility and control of your financials inventory. HR, planning, budgeting, and even more NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. And 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com dot com slash locked on NCAA and by prize picks the leader in college sports daily fantasy offering more college football props than anywhere around but of course college basketball is very much underway especially with football slowing down here for a little bit before bowl season gets fully fully going well prize picks offers you Every kind of prop you could possibly imagine. So just check it out today. And when you use, be sure to use, when you do, be sure to use the promo code locked on for a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 American dollars. Once again, that's promo code locked on for a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made. Easy. And indeed, quite the game from Kobe Brown last night. Obviously, Paul Quinn College and NAIA school. So, a lot of caveats here, but still 20 points and 23 rebounds to go along with six assists. Kobe with nearly the first Missouri triple double since the 1980s by, of course, Come on, you know who it is. Greg Kavner. Ha, if you had that bit of trivia, you are a heck of a Mizzou basketball fan. I'm I'm overly impressed. I really am. But 23 rebounds, also the most since a Missouri, for a Missouri player since Booker Brown had 24 against Detroit all the way back in 1966. Yeah, that's uh that's quite a long time ago. A completely different era of basketball. So interesting to see Brown get that many rebounds. Obviously, Missouri decided against Paul Quinn College. What the heck? They exactly don't have a traditional big man. So let's go out there and play our quote unquote 
small lineup with mostly Kobe Brown, Ronnie DeGray as your de facto big man. Although Yaya Keita probably got his minutes high of the season as well, getting 15 minutes. Didn't do a whole lot with him, though, quite honestly, other than, well, foul five times and foul his way out of the game. But you know what? Yaya, a kid who's coming off an, an ACL tear last year, hasn't really played basketball for quite a while, probably just knocking off the rust, playing himself into shape just a little bit. And similarly, Anton Brookshire, you know, obviously it's been a disappointing start to the season for him and I definitely noted that he couldn't get off the bench in Missouri's previous game, and I took that as a bad sign, not necessarily for him 100%, but just in Conzo Martin's faith in the kid, because at the very least, I personally have a lot of faith that he can shoot. Now, his shot has been absent so far this season, to say the least, but to me, He's a guy who's used to probably having the ball in his hands a lot, like my like most high school stars are. They're used to dominating the ball and kind of taking whatever shots they want. So a big adjustment period for him. He just hasn't gotten in a rhythm yet. And to me, just tell him to go out there, play his game, take good shots, and, and he'll find it eventually. I, I really think so, barring just a, a huge coaching catastrophe in my opinion. Now, I will say it was nice to see that something I actually suggested previously on the show about how I think Amari Davis, Missouri should at least give him a look as the lead ball handler. Well, Missouri certainly did that last night. They played him as their lead ball handler by far more than I've seen in any other game. And well, I don't know that that's sort of the magic elixir that suddenly makes this team an NCAA bubble team by any stretch of the imagination. Let's not go crazy. I do think at the very least, it makes more sense just by how the pieces all fit together, I think. Especially in terms of Brookshire, or excuse me, Amari Davis's game, he might be the best pure perimeter scorer on the team, but he's not necessarily a three-point shooter. He likes to get in the mid-range and get off those kind of shots, right? Pull-ups off the dribble. Well, if that's the, your kind of game, it actually makes more sense, especially for him, to have the ball, be able to be a threat offensively, to get to, at least toward the lane and pull up, hit those jump shots, Maybe you get the defense cheating in a little bit and he's able to kick it out for relatively open shooters. Certainly, Dejuan Gordon hasn't been afraid to pull the trigger from the three-point line. Hey, four of nine last night. I can't complain about that. Hopefully, Boogie Coleman gets his feel back going offensively sometime soon. That's for darn sure. Now, as for Trevor Brazil, the freshman has apparently had a non-COVID type illness he is not yet cleared to play or excuse me he is cleared to play but still progressing in practice I assume getting into game shape all that kind of good stuff well on Saturday's episode following the Wichita State basketball game on Friday I think I was probably as hard on Conzo Martin as I've ever been so what do we think Conzo Martin's legacy is going to be at Missouri and does it even matter? That might sound a little bit strange, but I'll explain it all for you coming up. But first, you listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, right? Well, you switch to Boost Mobile 
for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest podcasts. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too and the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you know you can do it at the speed of 5G. Well, with all the money you'll save and all the knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. And by BetOnline.ag, where they have you covered all season with more odds and lines and props than ever before. Of course, Bet Online remains your number one spot for football and basketball. And, well, what do we think about the SEC championship game? Obviously, if Georgia's probably going to be in the playoff regardless, right? Alabama, though, they need to win to get in, I would certainly surmise. Georgia, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. If you want to take the, the Crimson Tide to win, well, you get two-to-one odds. Not too shabby, but you know what? I think Georgia wins this game and wins it relatively comfortably, despite the fact that, yes, Nick Saban owns Kirby Smart. You know what? Give me the dogs minus six and a half. I kind of like that one. But regardless of what you think, you got to go to bet online. Use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus at bet online where the game starts. So occasionally I feel genuinely a little bit guilty for criticizing Conzo Martin in particular because, frankly, he's a, he's a person that I admire very much in a lot of ways. But if I weren't honest with all of you about my genuine basketball feelings on this show, well, I don't think it would be a very good program, and I don't think I would be doing my job, quite honestly. But I will say, the thing that about legacy, the reason I brought that up is actually because of a series of interviews I listened to a few years ago with famous, world-famous NBA player Kevin Durant. He actually went on Bill Simmons' podcast a few years ago on the Spotify network, the Ringer network, and they covered just a tremendous amount of topics. One of them being that, well, Kevin Durant... Loved Kyrie Irving's game. This is before Kevin actually left the Warriors and went to the Brooklyn Nets, teamed up with Kyrie Irving. Well, we can disagree or agree or disagree how wise it was for Kevin to ultimately team up with Kyrie Irving. But one thing that I thought was the most interesting thing that Kevin said, again, is probably one of the 15 or 20 greatest basketball players who's ever lived, at least in my opinion, he said that legacy is, quote, corny. And he was talking specifically about basketball legacy. I just thought that was a really interesting thing for him to say because, well, Simmons basically asked Kevin, what does he want, him, what does he want his legacy to be after he retires? And he basically just dismissed the entire idea 
as being corny. And I thought that was really interesting, an interesting perspective from a guy who's actually been there. And the more I thought about it, I realized, gosh, is somebody who was a child of the Michael Jordan era, who grew up as a child of the 1990s and thought that Michael Jordan basically walked on water, was the coolest guy of all time, the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, what do teenagers and young people today think of Michael Jordan? They think of him as the crying meme. That picture of Michael Jordan crying at his own Hall of Fame induction, that picture that is plastered on everyone's face on the internet, well, that's Michael Jordan's legacy today to people who don't know any better. So when you think about it, I guess Kevin Durant's right. I guess legacy is kind of corny, or at least it's very ephemeral at the very least. It's a very short-lived concept, especially when it comes to sports, right? So if you're Conzo Martin, maybe his legacy, maybe his legacy as a Missouri basketball coach ultimately won't be all that great. But will anybody care in 10 years or 20 years or certainly 30 years? Probably not, because when it comes to all of us, even somebody like Michael Jordan, here's what I've realized. Your real legacy is the kind of person that you were, and especially your children, right? The kind of kids, your grandkids, the family that you leave behind. And well, by all accounts, Conzo Martin is a heck of a dad, a heck of a husband, a heck of a family man, and a heck of a member of any community. So while certainly basketball hasn't turned out how I wish it would have. And frankly, if Missouri moved on from Conzo Martin for basketball reasons this year, well, I couldn't blame him whatsoever. At the same time, you know, assuming things keep going this way, right? Which is, which is not very well. But at the same time, I think Columbia will be a little bit lesser without that kind of guy in the community. And I recognize that. And ultimately, What he did at Missouri or Tennessee or California, not nearly as important as the family that he leaves on this planet, the kind of dad that he is, the kind of person that he is coming from East St. Louis, Illinois, where frankly, there aren't nearly enough great dads. So Conzo Martin, a tip of the hat to you as a very good person, my friend, because you know what? I genuinely do feel bad sometimes when I come at you hard like I did on Saturday's episode. But you know what? Thank you so much for listening to my silly rantings, as always, and making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And you know what? Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.